Welcome back, everyone, to the Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Connie Jacob. And today, I'm so excited to have Carrie Lockhart, who is a partner at Deloitte, based in Vancouver. She has a heart for mental health, and she is going to change the game in workplace mental health, because how many of you know we need to do that? We need more brave voices, more brave stories, especially in corporate. And Carrie is doing that. So Carrie, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, really, thank you so much for uh, having me on on the podcast. This is very exciting. Well, I'm really excited for everyone listening to hear your story, because I feel like we've come a long way in workplace, but we still have quite a ways to go. Yeah. And you have quite a story. And so I just want to set you loose to share your story with my listeners. Sure, uh, I'd love to, and hopefully I'll I'll, I'll I'll try not to cry, but I don't promise anything because it still seems to come up. So, um, but that's part of the journey. Is um, I needed to let that guard down and just tell people what was really happening uh, for me. So, really, this goes back about three years ago. Um, so this was uh, just before the pandemic. And I had a, a shift in role within Deloitte and recognizing and looking at hindsight 2020, I had put a lot of, not necessarily my worth, but my, I guess my value into my work. Um, and I didn't think I was one of those people. I, I wasn't like working long, long, long hours. I wasn't working weekends, but I put a lot of value in what I did and what I, I how I worked with my team. And that shifted. Immediately after that, about a, a month, everyone remembers March 13th, 2020, the world completely changed. And uh, I was in the house, in my house, here with my uh, two boys and my then husband. And we were at each other's throats constantly. And it really exacerbated a very significant flaw within uh, my ex and I's relationship. Um, and there was this one sort of day we had planned on going to the UK because everything happened. We switched plans really quickly and we ended up going to Tofino and I was going like going through this change of what was happening in the world. And I was walking my dog on the beach and I, I just couldn't stop crying. I was listening to um, an amazing book called untamed by Glennon Doyle and how she was talking. It was me. It was my voice. It was like, I'm going to, I hate my life. I hate my relationship. I hate everything about this. And it just feels horrible all the time. But I couldn't figure out how to back out of it. Um, because I I was like, I'm going to break my children's heart. And I can't do that. Um, anyways, it was several months after that. And we were you know, still in lockdown, still trying to homeschool, all these crazy things. And my my ex basically came up to me and said I just can't do this anymore and I'm like okay well you know we should really think about this how we're gonna do this and he's like no I'm literally leaving and that's when he really dropped the bomb of like I've looked for an apartment I've signed a lease and I'm leaving in two weeks and I was just almost like incredible sense of relief but then shock 
and it was okay this is like you just need to like be strong and do this for the boys and you can handle this and very long story I tried to do that for nine months where it was just I can hold this together I've got it I can control everything and that's in essence what my go-to was control and it came to a fateful day in June I was then speaking to a therapist I was doing a lot of journaling I was searching for answers in so many different places and I, I wasn't really finding them and I was just just exhausted and and crying every day and couldn't get out of bed and would cancel my days and at this stage you know it was all back-to-back zoom meetings and I would just call my assistant and just say just cancel the day I can't do this anymore and she obviously knew what was going on. And a couple of my close friends knew what was going on. And they're like, maybe you need to take a break. And you kind of get in this spiral of like, I can't. Like, everything's going to fall apart if I don't just hold this together. And I, Sunday was another one of those days. And I called my uh, my leader of my team. And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. And it was just complete overwhelm and exhaustion is the best way I can describe it. Um, and I said to him, I need like a couple weeks just to breathe. Uh, it was right before the summer. So he suggested that I just say I'm taking the summer off so that there wasn't any expectation that I was going to be coming back anytime soon. So I could completely just decompress, but I was convinced 100% that it was two weeks, three maximum. Uh, it ended up being nine months in total. Um, and I honestly think it, it probably took me two months just to breathe and just to feel like I could actually exhale because I was just so that's, and, and it's like this feeling in you, it's just this anxiousness and like, just, I can't do anything. Um, while I was going through my own journey and a lot of like, stuff I didn't want to look at, stuff I didn't want to talk about. Um, and I would say I I, I remember having a, a conversation with my therapist, second visit. I was like, I had a pretty normal childhood, no trauma. Like I didn't have a divorce. I didn't have a separation. I didn't have abuse. And now I look back at that and I'm just like, everybody has trauma. Everybody has something. Whether you really uh, know what it is, uh, understand, uh, everybody has it. Mm. And the more I talk about this with others, I continue to 100% believe that everyone has a story. So while I was doing this, uh, my, uh, then 15 year old son was, was going through a lot, uh, going back to school through COVID massive anxiety started arising, uh, panic attacks uh and he fell into a pretty deep depression where uh one day on a walk with the dog I was just trying to get him outside to you know just fresh air and he was he was open to going for dog walks and he basically said mom I have to tell you something and I know it's really going to hurt you and I I don't want to do that but I have to tell you and basically he had told me that the night before he had uh, stayed up all night and had very deep thoughts of suicide to the point of where he wrote a letter to me and also 
stood in the kitchen with a knife thinking about how he was going to do it. Mm. And the only reason that he said he, he couldn't was because he knew it would devastate me. Um, so that's when mama lion, mama bear came in and I just grabbed him and just wouldn't let him sleep, um, for like, wouldn't let him be alone for days because I was so scared of what he would do to himself and trying to get the help that he needed. It was pretty shocking of how you couldn't get help. Yeah. It was, if it's really bad, take him to emergency. Um, and thank goodness I have a, a, a friend that's a doctor and he was able to, to, to get us some help. But all of those things, I was pretty, I was pretty shocked through my own journey. Um, I would say my, my organization has amazing benefits, amazing benefits, but it's all reactive. And it's like, you can see things happening. You know, things are happening with yourself. You know, things are happening with others around you and you can't seem to stop it um, until something happens. And, and that's what I've been, I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying to figure out how to get this message out. Um, I think there's, there's still a very big stigma uh, of talking about it. Um, I, I did, I came back to work and I started really talking about it and everyone was amazing. And like, I had a lot of, um, a lot of comments of like, it's so brave of you to do this. And this takes so much courage and for you to show this level of vulnerability that um, I'm so happy to know that there's leaders out there that I'm not alone. And yet then there was the whispers after, and that's how I describe them. It was, so what are you really trying to do here? What, like, but we have really great benefits. And I'm like, I know, but there's, there's more that we need to do. And it's at the first I think the first thing is I think more leaders need to do this type of transformational work for themselves and then they need to be open to talk about it yeah. to help to reduce the stigma. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. First of all, I want to say thank you for, you know, the bravery it takes. I really do think a real leader is someone like you said, who isn't afraid to look your own life in the face and work through it. Yeah. Uh, I love the way you described how you just kind of, yeah, I got to hold this together. I got to hold this together. I don't think there's one person listening that can't relate to that to some degree. Yeah. And, and yet when we share stories and we hear yours, it reminds us that that's something that we share. And if we could only just share it, that, that is a great step. Uh, and I feel like any leader who is willing to, like you said, look at themselves, do their own transformational inner work, and then pass it on to others. To me, that is, that's a leader. And Carrie, I'm just so impressed. I'm so impressed that you're doing that. I just uh, admire your, your vulnerability and, and leaning into that. What do you want to see happen in the workplace? You mentioned benefits. Um, everybody says that, you know, and that's great, but what do you want to see happen? I think the, the tree thing, this is a really complex issue because it's so personal. Um, you know, I know we, many organizations have tried different things of like reaching out to people and saying, how are you doing? And then like, if I do that, 
because of the position I'm in, certain people will freak out. Like, yeah. think, like oh, is like, are they noticing something? Is like, what's happening? And it's like, no, no, we just really care. So it's, I think a huge part of it is having, um, I mean, there's, there's so many things. It's like leaders that are willing and have done this type of inner work who are then willing to share um, and talking about that really honestly and authentically uh, so that it does start to reduce the stigma of it's not just me thinking this. It's not just me feeling this. One of the things that I would kind of later on I would scoff at is that people, you know, three years ago before the pandemic and when we were in the office and I was like, had this amazing team and we were just like hitting it. I would get these comments from people to say, wow, like you've got it so together and you like, man, this is amazing. And I would literally just be like, you have no idea of how much I'm just trying to hold this stuff together. And if we can have those conversations with people for them that, to open up a safe environment for them to talk and say, you know what, I actually need help. Whereas right now, I think there's still, you know, it, there's still the stigma of like, I, I should be able to handle this. I should be able to adult on my own. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're dealing with so much change and like, it's, and you see it affecting people. I mean, now we're going back to hybrid to the office and hybrid working environments and people are trying to figure that out. And I mean, we did a recent survey and this number just kind of blew my mind um, where we interviewed, uh, it was like a thousand, 2,100 executives within Canada. And the survey revealed that 84% of them had uh, signs of exhaustion Hmm. and burnout. So the leaders are feeling this too. So, and just saying that number to people, like, you're not alone. Others around you are feeling this. And if then they can, the tone from the top is, let's talk about it and talk about my own story. Then maybe more people will be open to talking and then being able to get the benefits that we have available to them before it's a crisis. Oh, I love that. Benefits before there's a crisis. I I think that that is the key because when there's a crisis like you experienced and I've experienced um, with our own son is when you try to access them, it's it's ridiculous. And, And while the world is trying to catch up to the mental health need, I think that that is so key. What you just said um, before the crisis hits and how can we do that? It's through this telling of story, especially those leaders. You know, it was interesting on Blue Monday uh, here in Calgary, where I live, we mm-hmm. brought together the culture creators, the the leaders, and we actually held space for what resting emotion have you been feeling the last couple of years or even the last couple of months? And exactly what you said, overwhelm, uh, exhaustion, those words came up. And the the sigh of relief in the room that they could do that they could express this is what I've been feeling and mm-hmm. then what did those emotions sound like well I gotta hold it together I gotta keep I should be able to do this and then the behavior yeah. that we identified that came out of these that really struck me um, they withdraw that was the number one thing we heard and yet what we hear is that we should lean in 
We should, you know, tell our story, talk to someone, reach out. And yet the number one thing we heard was that we withdraw. Do you see the same happening in your world? Oh, 100%. And we've, we've, um, we have, we've had a lot of conversations about this and um, various different webinars of like, how can we see signs of burnout, exhaustion before? And I'm not going to get all of them right, but that's definitely one of the number ones, like um, what you can see happening with people as they start to withdraw. Um, More negativity, more criticism, more like, well, we just can't do that. Um, There's like four or five really interesting things. And it, it is, it's just them pulling back. And like, this is, it's hopelessness in essence. Hmm. Yeah. So for you, you know, here you are, you're out there, you're telling your story, you're, you're, you're getting out there doing what you feel you need to do. You know, what do you feel you need right now in order to do this? Um, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's things like this. It's the, it's the platform to tell the story. Um, it's the platform to explain to other executives and leaders that you're not alone um i mean when i did my linkedin post i had i think it's now at sixty thousand views like it resonated and like comments i got and people calling me up and you know it was pretty incredible and so and i you know i think the other thing that i'm needing but i'm like i'm learning i'm not I'm not a clinical therapist. I'm not, you know, I don't have any training in, in any of that. Um, So it's, I'm learning how to really listen to people, um, not try and solve their problems for them, but just listen. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I'm saying only a lot because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I think what I need. That's, that's amazing. And I love that what you just said is exactly what people need. They don't want to be fixed. People don't want to be fixed. They want to be heard. And as soon as, you know, I study something called, um, well, belonging creates resilience has been my 25 year work. Mm-hmm. And this idea of interpersonal neurobiology, how attunement rewires the brain. And really that's all it is. When we sit there and listen to someone, their brain is rewired. And so is ours by the listening. It's actually really beautiful. And so uh, you're doing like, that's just when I hear that I, I get thrilled, because that's all we need. And I think sometimes everyone's a little afraid, like, I don't know how to support I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a counselor. But yet, that's all we need. And so I wonder, I, I would love because I'm always about calling people to bravery, mm-hmm. calling the audience listening to bravery. I wonder if there's spaces that we could all start thinking about how to gather people together to create safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a gatherer, I love to do events, I do events to create senses of belonging and community. And it's been a hard push a hard sell because people are are withdrawing. Yeah. Um, But when they do come, they feel amazing. They're like, I'm so glad that was so meaningful. I'm so glad I came. So I wonder if there's ways that we could all think that are very simple. Like how could you gather people in your workplace just for a moment, Yeah. maybe over lunch or in your home or 
an event, great if you're events oriented, but if you're not, just like what could you literally do this mm-hmm. week? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was gonna that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, we've got uh partners kind of doing it in pockets across the country. Um, because as I said, it's 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 this is such a complex issue because it's so personal. Yeah. And it's you know, like we find that every office is different because the people, you know, like I'm talking to a partner in Atlantic. Well, the Atlantic is a very different region and culture than BC is. So that's what we're trying to do is just gather people. And we start off with having myself or someone, another leader, tell the story, tell what they've gone through, and then just leave the door open. Um, of like, does anybody want to talk about something? So we're still we're still learning. We're really, and I think I was talking to another organization and they're the same thing. They're like, they did the, the the thing where they tried to pull people in and then they had the same reaction. So they're like, what, you know, what are we doing? And we're like figuring this out. Um, another organization, which I think is, is kind of leading edge is they actually have um, an in-house coach and their VP of people is a clinical psychiatrist. Mm. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and because when I was talking to her, she said that she had dealt with two crises in the last week. Wow. And because they had someone right there who then had the training. Um, and But she said the reason she feels that this these individuals reached out is because they've had more just grassroots discussions at the leadership team. Yes. Um, well, I love that. A coach and a psychiatrist talk about wraparound support. That's yeah. that is cutting edge. And I wonder if any HRs or managers or business owners or anyone listening, I would I would encourage you to think about that. That's yeah. a really fantastic idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been so refreshing. Thank you for dreaming. Uh, and I just hope that you'll continue to dream for what we can create. I often say society's issues are only there because we allow them to be. So if Mm -hmm. we say it's going to be blue Monday, guess what? It's going to be blue Monday, but we have this opportunity to create Uh, the human spirit is meant to create the future. And and you're doing that Carrie. And that's why I really wanted to have you on here and for people to catch what you're doing. um, I would encourage people to reach out to, to Carrie, Carrie, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, Find me on LinkedIn. Okay. I'll put your link in, in our bio, in the bio, and you can reach out because you reached out, you you answered my message. So that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I tried to. I'm not great on LinkedIn. I will, I will admit, but I I'm trying to be better and I'm checking it at least once a day. So that's better than most. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, thank you, Carrie, for being on the podcast and everyone have a great week and we will see you next week.